Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and Martina Miller, who's a full-time maker running Naughty by Nature Designs. We've all encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 49, where we're going to talk about random stuff and how we were wrong last episode. What's up, Martina? Not much, man. I think it's nice to be able just to have like a nothing episode. I feel like all of our episodes are very educational and it has to get a little boring. We're not going to be boring. We're going to be awesome. That's why I'm saying this one's going to be good. It's going to break it up a little bit, talk a little bit about everything. Or about nothing. Both. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start off with the real reason, and then we'll do our normal st- stuff. Okay, let's do it. So it was pointed out to me that what I said about Etsy fees was wrong. So I'm going to clarify and do my best reading from the Etsy.com slash legal slash fees website. This is going to be the boring part. This is a This is official. And no, I'm not an expert. So if, you know, do your own research on the fees and decide if it's for you or not. But you will be charged a listing fee of $0.20 cents for each item that you list for sale. And the listing fees last for four months, if I am correct. that The four months isn't listed, like, in this spot. But when I went back and read a different article, that's what it said. And there's no fee for editing the listing. It just updates the listing itself. And then if you list multiple quantities of the same item, the initial listing fee will be $0.20, and the listing fee will automatically be renewed at $0.20 after each item sells. So if you sell three, you'd be charged that listing item three times, $0.20 for each one that sold. Got it. I'm up to speed. Then... You can auto-renew it or manually renew it. So when it expires, it will automatically renew if you want. Transaction fees. You will be charged a fee of 5% of the price you display for each listing plus the amount you charge for shipping and gift wrapping. And then, you know, there's in-person selling fees if you do like like a square style, I guess. Mm-hmm. There's different fees for different things based on like the options you choose and whatnot. And... Apparently, like, they have a clause for if you try to avoid the fees. Big surprise. (laughs) (laughs) And then paying your Etsy fees. But when I did mine, the when I was paying these fees that they've outlined, it got to be to a point where I was paying more fees than I was bringing in money just because I wasn't selling enough on Etsy. Like, people were looking at my stuff and then leaving mine and going somewhere else. And who knows if they bought from that person. So, you know, fees are what they are. Choose to go with Etsy or not. If you can sell a lot on Etsy, it's probably okay because you're making enough to 
offset the fees. It's not bad to be in multiple places. Right. I was just paying fees and not selling anything. I think it was um, Schooner Labs was saying the more listings you have on Etsy, the better the exposure too. So if you're able to offer multiple different items, then that helps you where you were saying that it's hard for you with what you do to compete with the market. Well, now that I have like the nightlights and stuff, I could probably add them to Etsy. I just haven't yet. Mm -hmm. But there's also like the fees will go up over time. So, oh, I'm sure it's like anything else with inflation. The next year, the fee might go up a little bit more because the seller transaction fee started when I started. It was like three and a half percent. Now it's five. Jeez. Yeah, it's not insignificant, and I think there's even like a partial fee, and I can't find it in this article, but there was a different article where there was like a partial fee that gets charged for like the processing slash shipping, which is why you get the shipping rates you do through Etsy. But when all these fees add up, if you sell one thing, but you're listing, you know, 50, I was losing money because I was only selling one thing. But if you're selling, you know, 50 things a month, that's, you're fine. Right. But, you know, that's why I was wrong last week. So there you go. It happens. We're not perfect. It wouldn't be the last time I was wrong. We're not perfect. It's okay. You can tell us we've made mistakes. It doesn't hurt our feelings. For, you know, there might still be stuff that I didn't fully clarify, but go to the Etsy website, look at their fees, read them for yourself and decide what you want to do there you go (laughs) i think well i don't know if it was the web call or the episode last week that we released where i said GoDaddy was 15 bucks a month i'm apparently a liar too and it's 17.99 a month so this is the other thing right so (laughs) when we started doing something that's probably why we were you know wrong because we may not have paid attention to what has changed because I, right. I remember on Etsy, like, I could manage all the fees. And then all of a sudden, I was like, man, these seem to be a lot. I did not realize it changed from 3.5% to 5%. Like, that doesn't seem like a lot. But when you used to get paid, you know, some amount when you sold an item, and then you sold that same item a couple months later, and all of a sudden, you get less money from it. You're like, what the heck happened? So, it's one of those things where... A lot of our knowledge is coming from when we started the platform, and we didn't necessarily go back and verify that that information is still the same. Back in my day, Etsy was 3.5. Back in Steven's day, computers didn't exist. I know. Just kidding, Steven. We love you. He clearly did not listen to last week's episode because we didn't get any hate mail from him about talking about epoxy from now on. When I didn't get a message. (laughs) No. He broke up with us. Gonna cry. Separate, severed ties. Tell me about your first epoxy pour. <laughs> Technically, it was my second. <laughs> but. It's like an epoxy drip. The first one was just like a tester where I just tried the pigments to see how they turned out so I could choose the colors for this one. So my friend came over to laser cut something and he's like, yeah, sure. Like, I can help you with the first part of it so that you can film it so i was filming it and i i definitely need either less amount of epoxy in the cup at one time 
or like syringes or something because when I went to pour from the cup it was just like big puddle in one spot <laughs> and not enough in like the other spots so you know it was a learning experience I haven't really done epoxy with that big of an item before so a I didn't know how much epoxy I needed mm-hmm. I was pretty close on the black I was not close on the blue the black I I think I only had like maybe an eighth of an inch to a quarter of an inch of epoxy left in that cup which is just like a small cup the blue i probably had i don't know like half an inch to an inch left because i didn't know how much i'd need but it's also laser engraved not cnc engraved so it was a lot shallower than the cnc would have been when i do my epoxy pours i have the silicone molds and it's just like a coaster mold so i pour all my leftover into that and then kind of see what happens with it. So I'll end up with like an eight different color, you know, epoxy coaster or whatever. That's why I sent you the link for the little Lego men. That makes a whole lot more sense now. Yeah. So, or if I don't want it, like sometimes I forget and I leave the silicone mold out. So then it's covered in sawdust and I don't want to clean it. And then I'll put my cup on the floor just in case it happens to break through the cup. And it's easier to clean off from the concrete floor versus my workbench. You know what would be kind of cool? Is if you put like a thin layer of clear epoxy in your coaster mold or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then took some of your sawdust and sprinkled it over top of that. And then put like a colored epoxy behind it. Hmm. Because then you have a sawdust coaster. I have a walnut scrap coaster right now. I had made some walnut bow ties for a friend on the CNC. And the little offcuts of it I dropped into a coaster. That's cool. And then it looks pretty cool. I just have to level it out a little bit because the walnut was thicker than the coaster mold. This is like the easiest little thing to make. We have like 80 coasters running around the house because I'll try like a CNC design on them. I was literally handing them out at Father's Day the other day when everyone came over. I was like, here, take this set. They're like, why don't you sell them? I'm like, I just make them to post them and just take them. It's fine. Well, before I do the next epoxy pour, which will be the stool seat, I need to get silicone molds. Mm -hmm. I actually want to make my own like silicone molds oh are you gonna use your 3d printer no so i well specifically i want to make a deathly hollows chocolate okay okay so i, I want to laser cut the deathly hollow symbol mm -hmm. and get the i think smooth on makes a food safe silicone mold mix mm -hmm. so i would put like the deathly hollow symbol in around the mold and then pour the uh, silicone mixture in over top of that to create like the deathly hollow symbol and then later have my wife make chocolate and pour the chocolate in and make little deathly hollows chocolates for my daughter because she wants a harry potter birthday party next year okay i was just thinking i was like just because but that makes sense if you're doing it for an event or something but i have a feeling i'm gonna fail a few times before it yeah. gets right so i need to start practicing <laughs> make sure you put a little mint on top of that chocolate too when it's done because smooth on will be at awfs so i'm going to talk to them while i'm there and ask them about it nice because they sent me like these little like samples of their mold mixes uh-huh so you can feel like the hardness because they have different durometers so i just need to figure out what i want to do because some are like super flexible and some are a little bit more rigid yeah that makes sense and then it makes it easier depending on how intricate yeah. the mold is, if it's more flexible to be able to pop it out. But you don't want to be so flexible it starts to rip apart. Right. So we'll see. 
That's pretty cool. That's one of the projects I want to do for fun, but it's like anything else. If I do it for myself, it never gets done. Tell me about it. Like, that's, I never get to do anything for myself anymore. That's everyone. Oh, it's so amazing. You get to woodwork full time. I'm like, I don't get to make anything for myself. All my projects around the house, I call them 85% projects. They're almost done. They're not finished. Been working on my fireplace now since November. Well, how long have I been working on the door fronts for this cabinet? <laughs> Probably the same amount of time. <laughs> I, I think I built the cabinet six months ago. Yeah, I have all the wood for my mantle too, sitting there. I like, I just have to assemble it. One thing I did find out when I took the drawer front off, because I had it screwed into every drawer, so when I'm done and I cut it apart, I can just use the holes that are already there, and it it should go back on, theoretically the way it was. Now, when I find out my saw cuts are not straight and the doors are like slightly crooked, <laughs> but to me, it's if it ends up being slightly off, it's not a big deal. For a couple of reasons, because one, it was a test right. to see, hey, can I embed my logo into the cabinet front and make it look cool? Just laser engraving it was not cool enough, which is why I added the epoxy. Two would be, would it work if I built a big drawer front and then cut it into its separate pieces? How big is that thing? It was like 41 inches long and like 18 inches tall. And you could fit the whole piece in your laser too, which is cool. Yeah, which the laser is, goes up to 40, but because I was only engraving like right, right. a certain area of that, I could fit the piece in to engrave the one spot. Makes sense. But it was, you know, it might not work. That's okay. Like <laughs> it'll still get put onto the cabinet and it'll still work because it's a shop piece. It's not a client piece. Right, and then it's an learning experience. Yeah, so I'm willing to like take the risk on my own stuff and have it in my shop. I've, you know, I've got stuff in my shop that I've bought that is crappier than things that I've made. Like, it's like, just take the risk. Don't worry about failing. And if you do fail, big deal. Like, try again next time. I'd rather fail on a project for myself versus a client. So it's nice exactly. to be able to take some time and work on stuff for yourself and figure out if this is going to work. Well, that's kind of the whole point is to figure out if I can laser engrave deep enough for the epoxy to actually work with it. And then if it works, then I can out start offering that as a sign option. So can you, like how you said you put your piece in there, you lasered it, and it only went like a sixteenth of an inch deep, and you moved it so you couldn't get the same exact location again. If you wouldn't have moved it, could you hit it again with the laser and have it go deeper? Well, technically, I could have done it again regardless because... So my laser actually has like a thing in the upper left-hand corner where I can shove the material against it. Mm -hmm. And it kind of registers it. The one thing is like if I didn't cut it square for some reason and I shoved it into the corner and say the first time I rested it against the top edge. If I forgot that and then the second time I rested it against the left edge and it wasn't square... That's why it would have ended up in a different spot. So say you didn't move it, though, and you yeah. went a sixteenth of an inch deep and you wanted to go deeper. Could you run your laser again and have it mm -hmm. the same path and it would still go deeper? Yeah. That's pretty cool. But I wanted to test if one pass would be enough. And it wasn't. And you got overexcited and moved it. <laughs> well, no, I did it on purpose. Like, I okay. I pulled it off after one pass regardless because I wanted to see, even though it's shallow, will the epoxy still work oh got it 
but the the other reason why is it took an hour to engrave it. I like that that's like exhausting for you because your stuff normally goes so fast on the laser normal and I could run a project on for the CNC for like four hours and it's no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like an hour. So I've done projects that were an hour, but it's it's one of those things where, you know, an hour of engraving at that speed, my old machine would still would have done like a quarter of the size and taken probably two hours just because it's just so big because I think the logo itself is like 17 inches by like 18 inches or something like it's not insignificant but we'll see how it turns out it's currently out there finishing curing actually I think it's probably cured by now I think it instantly cured since it's so shallow and hot as hell over there actually it was it was still like pretty gel like three hours later but I also have the slow mixture so it might just be because of that got it but my friend said hey when you're done bring it over and run it through the drum sander so it's pretty sweet i got told the other day it's like 25 bucks to start off using the drum sander so for your buddy to say that it's free that's a pretty good deal you can give him a high five and payment well my buddy will also like i told him to come over to cut the stuff he needed to cut and he's like how much i was like dude don't worry about it he's like well i'm charging my client so here's some money so okay (laughs) works for me I need hookups like that. So I will admit that moving to Vegas has definitely expanded my network from a maker perspective. Because now there's, I know somebody with a universal laser in town, somebody else with a smaller epilogue in town, the guy I sold my epilogue to in town. There's the guy that, uh, my friend that came over, works in a shop now that has a sliding table saw, like a super wide planer. They have a 4 by 8 foot CNC a 5 by 10 foot CNC, a 4 by 8 foot sublimation printer that prints directly onto material up to like an inch or two thick. And then they have like a plasma cutter. If I need a tool, somebody has it, which is awesome. That's cool. See, I need more connections like that in town. I am currently in the search of finding a metal fabricator because the next couple of tables that I'm going to do, they want metal bases. And a friend of my brother-in-law is a metal worker but he's so backed up that he won't even take on my projects. I'm like, that's, I'm asking for you to start it in like September. And he's like, yeah, I can't do it. I'm like, good for you. Yeah, no joke. That's awesome. But sucks for me. He said if it was for me personally, he'd work it in. But other than that, he can't do it. So hopefully I have one more potential connection that might be able to work out. Because I'd rather, we're pushing this buy local, shop local type thing. I'd rather find someone in town that can make these metal bases for me. Mm-hmm. And then branch out into being able to have like metal brackets for shelves that I make and stuff and have that connection versus shopping through like hairpin legs company or anything like that and kind of just support other makers in the area. Well, if you can't find one there, there's like two or three here. Maybe I'll just have them do them and have them ready by the time I come in a couple of weeks. That's kind of what I'm <laughs> proposing because I don't know what their workload is, but hmm. it might be worth it. Something to look into. I'll have to get that information when we're not recording and yeah. boring everyone. Oh, now I remember what I was going to tell you Yeah. about that. So you had mentioned shipping Oh. <laughs> yeah. before we started recording. And you were joking about like something breaking and shipping because that seems to be my mantra that I ship something and it breaks. So somebody came to pick up a glue order. They picked up the bundle that I did, which was the thin, the medium, the thick, the black, and the accelerator of the Starbond stuff. Him and my friend Ken were both here at my shop because 
he was laser cutting something and he was coming to pick it up. And he said, yeah, you know, I was already in town. I figured I'd pick it up because we both know that if you shipped it, it would break. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. Like, man, that was a good one. That was a good one. It's like, it's I don't. Freaking glue bursting in the box. But he's probably right. Like, that yeah. would be my luck. I already have, like, my list of things that I'm going to get from you when I'm there. I'm going to restock my Starbond because I don't have to ship it. I, I have don't it. have to pay for shipping. I was like, oh, maker keychain. Might get a nightlight because I don't have to pay for shipping. So I should start putting my orders in now and just pick it, pick it up in a couple weeks. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Plus it saves money. But your luck, when you hand it from your hands to my hands, you'll probably drop it. I'm not. And then you'll okay. have to re- so I don't, I don't. You just have. You sorry. You just have bad luck. Cut that out, Brent. You just have b- <laughs> bad luck. <laughs> well, so now that I say this, I'm going to. But I don't normally drop like what I've made. I just knock crap off the workbench while I'm making it. <laughs> oh my god! So your post the other day of dropping a couple clamps. I wish that I someone could have seen me drop that shelf on the CA glue, and just dropped perfectly on the bottle of ca glue shot oh i wish you were recording. all across so it was at one end of my assembly table that thing is eight feet long so one end shot all the way to the other end and then hit the wall that's away from it like three feet so that's, that's hilarious it had like an 11 foot span of freaking ca glue so then i'm like quickly trying to wipe it up with paper towels i should have been you know i was thinking that it was gonna dry faster than it did i should have grabbed a glove i didn't i grabbed paper towels then all of a sudden the ca glue is burning to my hand i have a whole hand worth of paper towels stuck to me now <laughs> i was like what a freaking oh disaster gosh. And then I'm like dripping sweat because it's 9,000 degrees outside. So I was like, I I freaking quit for the day. I can't even. But the amount of CA glue that I found the next day that I missed cleaning up, I couldn't stop laughing because I didn't like the bottle still looked almost full. It goes a long way. But liquid, you know, once it spreads, oh my goodness, it was freaking everywhere. That's hilarious. That's kind of like the woodworker equivalent of being tarred and feathered. CA glued and paper (laughs) towel. It's the worst. So I just sat there like the rest of the night just picking it off like a freaking child. I should have taken some like acetone to my hand, but I was like, this, it's on my hand forever. Like, this is now a part of me. CA glue and paper towel. It's funny that you mentioned like the whole wearing gloves thing because I was pouring the epoxy, the black epoxy. Uh huh. I wasn't thinking that I needed to wear gloves. It's like, whatever, it's in a cup. Safety first, homie. So (laughs) I poured the black epoxy. Put the cup down, you know, helped spread the epoxy around inside of the engraving. Noticed the spot that I needed to fill. Picked the cup back up. And I picked it up 180 degrees from where I poured it out. <laughs> so then there's just like, it, the cup just like instantly stuck to my hand. Like syrup. <laughs> and then I pulled it off. I'm like, oh my gosh. So it, I just had like, you know, a syrupy hand after that. And it's so sticky and hard to get off. It is. And hot, like, because it's curing now to you. It wasn't hot on my hand, like I expected it to be, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. But when I picked up the cup, the cup was, like, I felt like it was on fire. I'm like, holy crap, this gets hot. So one of the last pour-over coasters I did, I poured, I think the the depth of the coaster mold is, like, a little over three-quarters of an inch, and I poured the whole thing. 
and that's deeper than the type of epoxy I use, like a deeper pour thin. So aren't you only supposed to pour it like a quarter? A quarter of an inch. But I, it was just leftover, like I didn't care. Yeah. So I grabbed it, and because it got so hot so fast, the whole outside cured instantly. But like the inside still stays, stays soft, and that's why it ends up cracking over time or whatever. Could be wrong if anyone wants to correct me, but... <laughs> it was so hot so like i took it around to the boys and stuff like that and showed them they're like that's nuts like it feels like you grabbed like a plate out of the oven like you shouldn't be touching it because it's cooking itself it's crazy oh yeah so i picked up that cup and it definitely felt like i microwaved a non-microwave safe plate for like five minutes and then just stuck my hand directly to it it kind of burned through because even when i put the glove on it still was hot yeah it's like, holy cow. I was not prepared for how hot it was going to be. But that's also a reason I wanted it to only be like one engraving and done is it would be super thin and I wouldn't have like the issue with like the outside carrying before the inside or anything. Yeah, I'm curious to see if you can see the laser engrave stuff once you sand it flush. You know, that might be kind of cool. As long as it's even. Yeah, we'll see. It's a good thing we're only doing one episode today. Now you can go use the drum sander and report back. He's not here this weekend. <sighs> or I would. But I might start, like, card scraping it. Have you sharpened your card scraper? Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> Add that to your list. No offense, JT, but I thought mine was going to come sharpened. So, <laughs> like... Uh, I totally understand why he doesn't. Oh, I get it, too. But I was, like, ready to use it that day. And then I was like, damn it, now I need sharpening Martina stones. opens her card scraper, instantly cuts herself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that careless. So what else is new? I did find sharpening stones that apparently I inherited in the shop, though. And it's a combination stone. Oh, nice. Which is perfect, so I can do that. Because I sent it to the pictures to Grandpa Ellis, and he said I can use those, and I should be fine. I'm looking forward to AWFS, though, and seeing, like, what's all there, because I've never been to a woodworking show. And there's, from the list of vendors, there is a whole bunch of stuff I use and have heard of. And then there's four times that that I've never heard of at all. Yeah. That's why I'm kind of glad that I'm going for all four days, because I feel like the first day is really going to be just walking around and even figuring mm -hmm. out where to go. And then the I next couple days I me. could... Yeah, and then I'm taking, I think I take a class a day or a seminar a day all four days. Maybe not Saturday, so th I take three out of the four. I plan to go Friday and Saturday. I just think Saturday's a half day. So I plan to go Friday and hit up all the ones I want to talk to the most. And then kind of after I meet the ones I want to talk to, start going like in the grocery store, aisle by aisle. Exactly. <laughs> but the convention center is huge. Yeah. And there are over like I swear there's over 300 vendors at this thing. It's funny because I'm missing a family event while we're in Vegas. And I have to keep justifying myself, I feel like. Because it's like, oh, we're going to be in Vegas. Oh, you're going to be in Vegas? You can't go to this family event? I'm, it's a work thing. Like, <laughs> I'm not just going to Vegas just to play. So you had to, you chose that weekend to go to Vegas? Yeah, I remember when I would used to fly out here. And people were like, well, where are you going? I'm going to Vegas. Oh, you're going to go party? No. Like, that is not automatically what you do in Vegas. Oh. Any new tools lately? You know, I bought the Milescraft AccuDrill or Accu... Is that the I, thing that is kind of like a drill press? Yeah, so I got that. I'm going to... I need that to 
do the threaded inserts to attach the attacheries to the base of that console. So I figured that I need that to be accurate to be able to attach them because they have like a 16 month old, 18 month old. So I want to be able to screw that in together. So I got that. Hopefully in the next few days, I'll be able to open that up and test it out. I've heard good things and for what I need it for, it's going to be a lot easier than a drill press like because I could take the drill to my piece versus trying to fit the piece into my drill press. Mm -hmm. You have to let me know. I'm really ready to get this big beast of a console slash entertainment center slash behemoth out of my shop. So I have six days to finish it and every minute counts at this point. So <laughs> Get to work. I know. Well, now it's like, it sucks because I have to glue stuff up. Got to wait for the glue to dry. Got to put on the armor seal. Got to wait for the armor seal to dry before I can move on. And I just feel time like slipping away from me. Yeah. I think for the amount of time I gave myself with the size that it is, I probably shot myself in the foot. I probably should have given myself a bigger time frame to build it. Just be like based off the size that I have like available working space, it's not enough to work on something that big. So yesterday I had like a full on meltdown and was like, I'm never building anything this big again. That takes up too much space until I get a warehouse. This is it. This is my re like my retirement big project. And then I'm not gonna lie, I took a nap and I felt better. And then I went back to work <laughs> and my meltdown was over. <laughs> like a little toddler. <laughs> That's so funny. I took a nap. I'm good now. So. That's that's really hilarious, actually. So and then, but it gave like it made me calm down, and then I went back out there and I got the majority of the top glued up. The top itself is to the console is like eighteen inches, and I got twelve and a half inches of it glued up. But that itself was hard to do because it's ten and a half feet long. That's super long. So to get glue evenly spread across that, and when it's hot, like I just I feel like I poured a gallon in each of those boards yesterday so i was like let me this yeah you might have <laughs> i didn't even use one whole glue bot i was like this will make it easier to do the rest of it if i'm doing it in sections which is hilarious because 18 inches wide isn't that wide but when it's 10 and a half feet long just a lot of length yeah i'd say so that's kind of funny though i'm gonna rent a u-haul to deliver that bad boy that's that way i can keep it completely assembled practically and just wheel it into their house and be done oh yeah that's what I would do. Yeah. I did the last big console that I did. I built it in sections and assembled it on site. And four hours later, I was done. And I was like, I didn't account for any of this in my original bid. So this is a whole day wasted. Totally approve the U-Haul. Yeah. <laughs> it's still, and I budgeted for it too, which is nice. So I have money in my build budget left to cover the expense of the U-Haul, which is amazing. There you go. That's the way to do it. Yep. Yeah. I would totally do the U-Haul. See, everyone keeps telling me to buy a trailer, but now it's covered and I have a ramp. So I think the U-Haul way is a little bit easier. I don't disagree that you probably should buy a trailer. It's in the works. I think the one of the next potential projects I take on because they want it delivered out of town, I think they will be paying for my trailer. I would get an enclosed trailer. That's... I, that, the hard part is that's going to be more expensive, but I, I agree. think over time it's going to be well worth it. Well, the other reason is if you're driving down the road, stuff flies up all the time and you don't want it True. hitting whatever you just made. True. So if you have a rock come up and you hit 
say you have something with a glass pane in it, and for some reason, like, it had to be installed mm -hmm. before you moved it. If a rock comes up and nails that piece of glass, that's going to be awful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I'd probably cry. Yeah, they want it delivered a couple outdoor tables, a couple, apparently, to the coast. So that's a minimum of two and a half hours driving. But if I'm pulling a trailer and I have to go slower and traffic, that could easily be three and a half hours. So they're they're going to buy my trailer. <laughs> but hey, I'm all for that. Or at least a good portion of it. The only reason I need a trailer is to go get material. I would love to see you hook up a trailer to your Civic. If I can find one that's cheap enough, I will do it. <laughs> if anybody wants to hook me up with a trailer that'll fit on a Civic, I'm totally cool with that. That I can carry, you know, four by eight feet, foot sheet of plywood. There you go. MDF. I'm good. I'm good with that. Speaking of tools, though, I think the next big purchase, I need a new miter saw. Mine Ooh. is not holding square. So the amount of time I fight with it to get it squared up and it almost loses it after each cut. So, and I want, like Delta has the more compact, like the, the sliding arm. Yeah, the sliding arm on it's more compact. And I think that'd be, I think Hitachi does it too. That would be- There's a couple that do it. More valuable to my shop space. So that's my big, my next big investment. Mine's the rigid one. So if anyone wants to send me messages about- which miter saw to get i will review it i know a few people with the delta cruiser mm -hmm. i have the 12 inch rigid sliding which does have a big footprint the my friend has the cordless makita i the cord versus cordless isn't that big of a deal to me i know a lot of people rather go cordless but that doesn't make or break my decision yeah i think he got it to replace one of his but he said it and I've used it before. From a noise perspective, it's awesome because it's only really noisy when you're actually using it. And I don't know what the battery life is like, though. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how often you have to charge it. But he loves it. Hmm. I'll have to. But that was also, like, during the fad of it got launched and, like, everybody had to go buy it. Yeah. That's when he bought it, I think. Oh, I just got approval from the CFO yesterday that I could start miter saw shopping. So I need to start looking into that and figuring out what I want. Nice. She said, the amount of time you spend cursing this thing out, like you could probably be a little bit more productive and make more money and just go buy yourself a miter saw. So next project, budget that in. I was like, okay. <laughs> if you can at least budget like, part of the cost of stuff into your projects, it's a lot easier. Yeah. So if I could take even two, $300 out of my next build and put it towards just the saw and then sell the one I have for 100 150 bucks something like that i can get a really good miter saw yeah and i won't fill it out of my bank account which is amazing that would be awesome that's the goal yeah i just i just spent stuff out of my bank account that wasn't fun <laughs> i bet it's painful <laughs> especially when you're not like getting a lot of work at the moment but one thing that i got well i got the wall control last week this week i got a four inch lens for the laser which is awesome because if i have a piece of material that's warped for some reason mm -hmm. the four inch lens is meant for cutting and if your material's warped it should basically act like it's not warped at all oh that's pretty cool i was wondering what it did my friend my friend bill from pinpoint creative studio the guy that taught me a lot of this mm -hmm. 
he said, hey, we got a four inch lens. This thing is awesome. You should look at getting one. And back when I bought the laser, the sales guy I talked to said, hey, you know, because you have problems in shipping, because it was like a day late and they quote unquote lost my laser at the time. The the guy said, I'll, you know, use it for a little bit, see what you think. And then if you need like an extra lens or something down the line, let me know and I'll hook you up. So after my friend told me about the four inch lens, I was looking at getting one anyway. And I said, hey, you know, does that offer still stand? If not, totally cool. He's like, yeah, I have a, a refurbished one here that uh, is extra. I'll send it your way. And it just showed up yesterday. So. Nice. Which those are not cheap either. They're a few hundred bucks. I, I'm so jealous of the deals you get. Like, I know you work for them, but it's just insane. So that's the thing, right? How things come about for so you. So people, people see it and they don't listen to the backstory of it and they just assume that I'm getting stuff for free for no reason. Like, no. <laughs> I feel like I don't have anything to offer, but that's like all the time I feel like that. But like you were, you have this laser that does a bunch mm-hmm. of cool stuff that you know how to work and manipulate and produce cool stuff with so you can trade stuff with it. Yeah. Like, I will make you these magnets for some wall control. I'm like, what What can I make to trade? What can I do to barter? Well, it's not only that, but it's thinking of those opportunities. Because, like, I've always kind of done that. Like, even when I was in grade school, I used to sell my Halloween candy on the bus or, like, trade it for stuff. <laughs> Such a hustle. Yeah. So, I, my mom said, you know, you'd go and you'd sell Halloween candy on the bus and you'd come home with money. And I'd be like, where'd you get the money? And you'd be like, I sold my Halloween candy. Well, I didn't need it all. <laughs> so, so it's, <laughs> I think I've always had that mindset where if directly selling something isn't always the way to go, sometimes bartering is a better option. And you still barter for whatever the value is of the item, but to you, it costs less to barter than for you to go outright and buy it and vice versa person you're going to in this case it was wall control it costs less for them to send me product than it does to buy the magnets outright so that's why i proposed to trade and it worked out i if i were you my wall control would already be up because i'm like a little kid on christmas when i get packages and everything and you've been sitting on it for a week now and you still haven't installed it a couple reasons number one is the garage doesn't have drywall or anything and i want to get that done before I hang it up in the shop. The one in the house, I just need to figure out what wall I want to put it on. It's probably going to go in this room that I'm in right now and have like office but stuff. Well, where will you put the mattress? It's, it'll stay there. Don't worry. For those that don't know, <laughs> there is a twin mattress behind me that is for my children once we actually redo their bedroom. So I have seen said mattress that sits against the wall propped upright behind trevor's head since january we are now in june trevor has not moved the mattress oh it's been there since last july or something it's been there a while yeah (laughs) but the intent is to hang some in here so i can put like the the way scale and like the silhouette cameo on it and a bunch of this stuff that is for the business but it's kind of cluttering my desk or stuff behind me, and we'll see how that goes. But I got basically like two sets of three panels. So my goal when I finish this entertainment center is to take a week or two and just do improvements to the layout of the shop and then kind of get the office organized too, so that way I can be more efficient. Because every project I take on, 
it makes me realize inefficiencies and in layout or my time management, everything. So that's my goal is to wait at least two weeks before I take on something else um, in order to be more productive. Like I think the CNC needs to move kind of stuff like that. And then I need to get the Bora lumber rack, mount that to the wall and get rid of my lumber storage that I have now because its footprint is so massive that it's make like I can't, some of those boards yesterday are 12 feet long and I'm just hitting everything in the garage. I'm either hitting the ceiling, I'm hitting the lumber rack, I'm hitting the dust collection. I was like, I can't yeah. do this. And then I'm like clotheslining myself as it. I'm trying to walk with it and I hit something and it's like, ugh, punch to the gut. So The lumber rack is awesome. So you can do your shop upgrades with your drywall and everything and I will hopefully be fraying up some square footage. So that's another thing I'm gonna try to trade part of the work for is insulation and drywall work because somebody local wants like a bunch of business cards and keychains so i'm going to try to propose a partial trade for some of the insulation work and stuff nice that'd be awesome to get because then he's gonna save money because he's not uh he's getting you know a hundred or so of each item and it's gonna cost him less and and he should get a better deal on buying materials for your project than Correct. you would if you went out and bought them. Exactly. He's supposed to come by Monday and talk about it, so we'll see. Nice. But the reason my bank account is hurting, I finally bought a camera. Oh, did you do it? Yay! I did. So you don't have to have an overheated iPhone anymore? No, I have an overheated DSLR. Yeah. <laughs> It just gets too hot. Like my GoPro overheated and shut down the other day. So you know it's hot. Working on the sun? Actually, it was in the laser. So I don't know uh, if that like compounded it. Yeah. So I've been I've been researching cameras probably longer than I've been researching the laser. It's been at least a year of me going back and forth and figuring out what brands to look at. And there's a lot of reasons why I chose what I did. And I'm I'm going to do a YouTube video about the camera I chose and why. The one I chose is the Canon 80D. And before people are like, you shouldn't have gotten that one. It's like three years old. I have a small budget. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. To... So so the Canon 80D is a, like three years ago was a super popular like YouTube camera. Like a bunch of the people that do YouTube videos use the 80D. Mm -hmm. And I spoke with a local professional videographer and asked for their recommendations from like different models from Canon and Sony and Panasonic and all these brands. And they said, if I were you, I'd narrow it down to these like three. And they said, of those three, I'd get the Canon ADD. And the reason why is it's proven because so many people have used it and so many people have really good experiences with it. You can't really go wrong recording 1080p. Mm -hmm. It won't do 4K, but... All that's going to do is eat up a lot of space because most people don't have a 4K viewing device. I was going to say, people can't even watch. They said, you know, use the Canon 80D for like a year or so and figure out the things you like and the things you don't like. And when you're ready to upgrade and you have the budget to upgrade to something better, do that. Mm -hmm. Basically, like, get into it at an entry level. Well, it's not necessarily entry level. It's still above entry level, but do it that way. And I looked at Costco at the kit they had. I looked at Best Buy, like a video creator kit. Mm -hmm. Costco was about 1100 bucks. The creator kit from Best Buy and Amazon was like 
twelve ninety nine or something. And she said, "Don't look or don't be afraid to look at refurbished either, because if it's from Canon and it's certified refurbished, it might have cosmetic damage, but all the functionality is still okay, and it comes with a warranty for a year." So I looked at Canon's website yesterday out of curiosity, and they had a refurbished ADD with a one-year warranty. And it came with two lenses, so it it's basically the same thing as what the Costco kit was, but it's missing, like, the carrying bag and extra battery that come with the Costco kit. Mm-hmm. And after tax, it was 750 bucks. Nice. So it saved, like, almost $600. That's a great deal. Versus paying upwards of 1000 to 1500 for any of the other cameras people recommended. And then... Because they're a professional videographer and they're on the Canon platform, they have like all of these expensive lenses. Mm -hmm. And they said, you know, buy the body of the camera and then you can come over, try out the lenses, see which ones you like for what you want to do and get the hands-on experience with the different lenses. And then you can save up to buy the lens you need versus buying a kit with a lens you probably don't want. Right. And go that way. Which, this kit does come with lenses, just because it was part of the refurbished kit. And I just bought it because the body alone, new, is still like $900. That's nuts. I just got my uh, GoPro Hero 3, so it's a little vintage model. Nice. (laughs) But it was free, so... Hey, free is free. I just needed to get the SD card for it, so I got the SD card. And I got a high gig one, so that way I don't have to Mm -hmm. change it out a lot. But Do you I get the need... high speed too? Mm, I don't know. I think so. It's got like a U on it, I think. For the SD card? Yeah. No. It's either like a class one or a class. I forget what the classes are. But like basically, you need the high speed card to deal with the high, like the recording. But it might not matter on the GoPro Hero 3. Brian <laughs> edited out all the long pauses of us figuring out our lives. They're not that long. This card came with my GoPro. But your GoPro is way newer. And it has like a U shape with the number three. And it's SanDisk Extreme Plus 128 gig. I have an Ultra. Like, I don't know if you can see that very well. It's red and gold. Pull it back a little bit. Nope, still can't see it. I got the Micro, no, Ultra Micro SDXC memory card. I don't know what that means. I think that's probably okay too. And it came with the adapter thingy. Yeah, I didn't get the extreme. So I think I got a step below. It says fast speed to capture better pictures and full HD video. So it should be fine. When I bought mine, it was like Black Friday. And it was like a bundle where the camera was like $50 off and you got the SD card with it. That's the only reason I bought it at the time. But I have to get it set up. And then when I bought my little tripods for my phone, it came with the adapter to be able to hook up your GoPro. And I thought to myself, I'm never getting a GoPro. Let me throw that away. And now I have a GoPro, but I can't attach it to my tripods. So I have to get the adapter or have someone with a 3D printer send me an adapter. But you know, someone with a 3D printer won't set up their 3D printer. So I have to buy an adapter now. What a lazy bum. (laughs) For those that don't know, that would be me. <laughs> I haven't had time to set it up. I have no excuses. It hasn't been on the priority list. So I really want a 3D printer. I don't have the intelligence, I feel, to operate the 3D printer. And then I started watching Jacob from Explosive Woodworks 
um, mm-hmm. stories the other day and he got his 3d printer and i was watching the 3d modeling of everything to design it and i was like oh yeah i definitely don't have the intellect to be able to use this like that part i can do i just haven't <laughs> i haven't set it up my younger son is looking into getting one and i'm like okay let's let's do this like i'll help you invest in this if you want to operate it if i can tell you this is what i need and you figure out the modeling and print it for me there you go i just need to stop being lazy and do it i also just realized that i need to get another quick release plate for my tripod because you said that that'll fit the camera well i have the it the gopro has the like that hard plastic housing like the waterproof housing or whatever Mm -hmm. which will be good for videos out in the shop because my phone is so covered in sawdust and it's brand new and I don't want to like it's cheaper to replace a GoPro than it is the new iPhones so I'd rather use the GoPro for video than my phone. Well, that's the other reason I wanted to buy a dedicated camera. I'm tired of using my phone. My phone overheats if it's too hot and then my phone runs out of memory. Well I have a ton of memory in mine but it's the xs or something like that so it's the brand new iphone and that's like eleven hundred dollars the gopro's free or if i have to buy a new one it's like three hundred dollars way cheaper than my phone oh yeah definitely well and even buying the add is cheaper than well in this case because i bought it refurbished but right exactly that's crazy and then i was kind of like well you know if i buy it refurbished and it has some nicks and scrapes or whatever i'm probably just gonna add to them so let's face it like it's not going to stay perfect as much as I might want it to. That was like me buying doorknobs for my house. I was like, oh, get all returns from Amazon because it's half off versus buying brand new ones because we're just going to use and abuse the doorknobs. I'm not going to pay $50 a piece when I could spend $25 a piece. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so Refurbish isn't always bad. Although the first one I got was actually defective. So I had to send that one back and order another one. So the only reason I bought refurbished is because it is canon certified refurbished and i bought it directly from canon and it comes with a one-year warranty against like defects of being refurbished so if it dies after a year that's kind of a risk that you're taking but how often do i buy something brand new and the warranty kicks the bucket and one day later something happens right or if something happens in the next year you get a new one a replacement one and then you could sell that one and put it towards getting your new one that you'd fit like that you decide is what you need for your business it was one of those things where i wanted to get a dslr because the lenses are what make the difference really so you can have a crappy body and put on a fantastic lens and that would be better than having a fantastic camera body i see what you're doing (laughs) and putting a crappy lens on it you have a dirty mind it's not a dirty mind, but I just feel like it's like makeup, like <laughs> or clothes. Oh my god! I told you I'm an asshole, so <laughs> I didn't argue. <laughs> if people are still listening to this at this point, but anyway, <laughs> so we'll see. It's supposed to be here like next week, hopefully. But my daughter's also been pestering me that she wants to start a YouTube channel. That's all my niece wants to do, too. But she she's a little older than your daughter. She's going to be nine next month. And that's what she keeps thinking, that she's going to be YouTube famous. I don't think my daughter has any aspirations to be YouTube famous because she said, maybe maybe I can get 200 followers because some people get that. It's like, 
yeah like i i, I have like 300 so yeah <laughs> well neither does my niece she yeah she just wants to film herself what would you do if your kid gets more youtube followers than you i would fully expect it yeah. <laughs> because she's gonna do things that little kids are interested in watching which are the people that are getting a lot of those views so she would do like arts and crafts or make stuff basically hers i think would be like a vlog where she just works on something that day and is just having fun and cheerful so my niece is eight she'll be nine next month and she had her first talent show this year since so since we had the um heat press on the silhouette I thought it'd be fun to go to her talent show and make a shirt that says Haley's number one fan. So it's the number sign, like the pound sign. And she says, why does it say Haley's hashtag one fan? Oh my gosh. I'm like, oh my God, this is the next generation. This is the YouTube generation right here that she doesn't even know that it's a pound sign. She thought she had her own hashtag. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Although I've heard, that's not the first time I've heard that though. Yeah. Ex- oh, it was mind blowing. There was one where, like, a kid was, like, looking at, like, an old school flip phone. They're like, they had the hashtag back then? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, I feel so old. And uh, what I, oh, I just realized yesterday. I don't know why this just hit me yesterday. I have been out of college for 10 years. Yeah, you're old. That's kind of depressing. <laughs> but you have a career. The first time I left college, it has been 10 years. Then I did my master's, so I have three more years to be 10 years again. But it's like, holy crap. Like, I feel old. Well, that, and I feel like time's in fast forward, too. Like, yeah, adulting, it's just like full speed. Well, and then when you're trying to run, like, a side business and you're trying to do your full-time job and whatnot, I feel like it goes even faster. Yeah. That's... And this will have to be a different topic one day. Or tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, tomorrow. I think it'd be interesting to have an episode about the people that support you because I feel like my close friends are supportive of it. There are people in the past that were always like, yeah, you'll never pull that off. They're not my friends anymore. And then there's people I've never met before that are the most supportive of Mm -hmm. trying to make a business. And this is mind blowing to me. Oh, I could talk about this for an hour. I think tomorrow. So, yes, we're recording back-to-back because... Yes. Martinez is I, Yeah, I'm going out of town. I'm such a jerk. So You are. <laughs> you did say you were an asshole, so... Selective. Just... Okay. So, yeah. So, as you hear our little comments about tomorrow and everything, this will be the episode you guys hear a week from now. Yep. With that, I think that's it for this episode. Yeah, we're coming up. All right. Random gibberish. It's like creative thoughts in there too, what we want to start working on for ourselves. And I think it it could get people's minds going on shop efficiencies and layouts and reconfigurations. Yeah, that's one thing I want to do once everything's insulated and drywalled is figure out my shop layout. I think it has a bigger impact on your workflow than people realize. Definitely. We should probably say goodbye at least. Okay. All right. Until next time. See you later. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, head to www.makervisionpodcast.com where you can purchase merchandise or donate. You'll also be able to join the email list to stay up to date with the podcast. Find us on Instagram at Maker Vision Podcast or join the Facebook group Maker Vision Tribe.